1: What's up, everybody? This is the SI Fantasy and Gambling podcast presented by DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook. Ben Heisler here in for Corey Parson today. A bit of a special episode as we are heading into the start of college basketball season. It feels like it's been a long time and uh it makes sense because the season abruptly was postponed in the middle of March once the coronavirus. Really started to hit. There was no NCAA tournament. So uh, we have yet to crown a winner for 2020, and I suppose we'll just have to do it now in 2021. But you are here for the analysis, you are here for the insight. And I have three gentlemen that can do both from both the fantasy side as well as the betting side. They are the team that makes up the college basketball DFS squad. You follow them on Twitter at CBB underscore dfs and as of last year a brand new spanking new website cbb-dfs.com college basketball's best dfs analysts and uh, yes it might be on the site but i actually agree with their sentiment they are joe harman james langdon and bird mounts so gentlemen so good to see your faces today it's good to talk to you and uh, very excited for the start of college basketball season good to be with you guys today
2: yeah you too missed you buddy
1: Missed you too. It's nice to, to all get together again. I feel like we've done these podcasts together the last couple of years, getting ready for the start of the season, obviously in different places, but uh, excited to have you now on the SI platform. And for anybody that hasn't been following Joe and James and Bird over the last couple of years, this was sort of a, a fun project that you guys wanted to get started because you were getting into college basketball, DFS. You've all been lifelong fans. Yeah. And uh, Joe, I'll, I'll sort of lead way to you. You guys have grown purely organically. This wasn't ever an opportunity for you guys to try and make money and build a site where you were creating content for subscribers. You just genuinely wanted to help people get better at DFS. And uh, lo and behold, you guys have uh, really grown your following substantially over the last couple of years and it's been a joy to watch.
3: Yeah, we really have. I mean, we started out as fans just like anybody else, right? And then when college basketball just cracked the infancy of DFS, we had such a hard time getting information we would share amongst ourselves. So then when it went away for a a couple of years in our states and then came back, we're like, well, if we're going to share information amongst ourselves, why not just put it out to the public and see what happens? You know, just see what happens. So the first year, it was a grind, but it was Twitter only. And it wasn't even the 280 character Twitter, but we managed to get through a full season, giving you the main slate on Mondays through Fridays. Um, And then that first year, you actually found us, and we started doing a couple podcasts here, which was our foray into this medium. Second year, we added the website, and then we started our own regular podcast, which we normally do for the big Saturday slates, Um, and that went really well. And then our third season starts on Wednesday, so we couldn't be more excited for a couple of guys that just started as fans that just love this game.
1: And also over the last three years, not only have you guys grown, but the interest in college basketball DFS has grown, Uh, the interest certainly from a betting level across the country has grown. Uh, So I imagine that sort of all ties together really nicely for you guys, knowing that um, you kind of got into it at the right time and knowing that by organically growing, um, there was always an interest there, but now it's a little bit more out in the open.
3: For sure. And you, you see that one of the things that we love about how we've started and we affectionately call the people who follow us our bucket heads, right? So we have our bucket heads and we have this really tight community of people who really been with us from day one. But like you said, it's it's continuing to grow as uh, the sports book for DraftKings has opened up. You know, it's given us more avenues to uh, talk even more beyond just your daily slates. And, you know, we couldn't be more excited for this season.
1: All right. So let's start by diving right into what we should expect here in 2020 and 2021 i'll tee it up to you guys here with gonzaga they're the consensus number one in the top 25 uh over at sports Illustrated, i encourage you guys to check out pat 40s top 25 rankings now they spent four weeks at the number one spot ended up finishing i believe number two to kansas a season ago with plenty of stars coming back uh so i'll, I'll tee it up to you guys here do you guys believe that gonzaga should be the consensus number one pick and if not who should be
2: yeah, I, I think, you know, Gonzaga last year, 31-2. and two, I think they finished the year number two in Ken Palm. Like you said, number one to start this year in, in the AP poll. Uh, you know, Mark Fuke just continues to stockpile talent. You've got Corey Kispert, who's getting a lot of All-American love at small forward. Uh, Drew Timmy's going to, you know, is expected to make a huge jump in production. And they'll certainly need it as they try to replace 30 points and 13 rebounds at Petrasev and Kili Killian Tilly left last year. I kind of
1: like Killy Tilly, though. That, that's, uh, it's, a it's like Dilly Dilly, <laughs> Killy Tilly. Kind of has a nice little ring to it.
2: It does. We, we, we need to change his name. But, yeah, Killian and <laughs> Telly was really good last year. Uh, but really the main attraction this year is going to be Jalen Suggs, a five-star prospect. He's the highest recruit that Mark Few's ever brought to Gonzaga. Um, he won Mr. Football and Mr. Basketball in the state of Minnesota. That's decent. He's, he's won three gold medals for Team USA in the last three years. Um, he is an absolute beast. So yeah, I think Gonzaga is is clearly one of the top teams. Probably Nova uh, is up there as well. Uh, but we're going to find out what Gonzaga is all about when they face Kansas on Thanksgiving Day. And We'll probably see defensive player of the year, Marcus Garrett, matched up against Jalen Suggs. So it's going to be a really exciting start to the season.
1: Yeah, especially for for you, Bert. I know you're going to have your eye on that game as as an avid KU fan. Uh, The top five, actually let's go with top ten, kind of looks like this. You have Gonzaga receiving 28 first-place votes, followed by Baylor uh, coming in at number two with 24. Villanova, Virginia. And then Iowa at five, Kansas comes in comes in at number six, uh, which makes sense. They're losing Devon Dotson, also Yudoka Azubuike. Wisconsin, a bit of a surprise maybe to some folks, but uh, they certainly were terrific down the stretch of last season. Uh, another Big Ten team in Illinois. So you have three Big Ten teams in the top ten, uh, and then Duke at number nine. Kentucky comes in at number ten. So let's start to go conference by conference. Uh, and James, I'll start with you. We're clearly going to uh, have a, a Midwest bias here and talk about the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, just. Feel Feels like a very top-heavy league. As we mentioned, you have three teams in the top 10, uh, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa. Um, my Indiana Hoosiers, very talented, but maybe it's just the wrong year for them considering all the talent that's in the Big Ten uh, from that top-heavy perspective. And, and then there's Michigan, uh, who is sneaking into the top 25, had a terrific recruiting class for Juwan Howard. Uh, tell me how you envision this conference stacking up.
4: Well, they pretty much pick up where they left off from last year. Um, they got seven teams in the top 25. They got eight players on the Naismith preseason watch list already. Um, and you look for a very competitive league. Uh, same as last year. I think the winner of this league is not a team that loses two games. It's going to be a team that loses five, six, maybe even seven games. It's very competitive. Um, I think that Iowa is probably uh, the team that's most talented, or excuse me, uh, has the most talented player in, in Luca Garza. And he's going to be front runner for player of the year. And uh, Wisconsin, as you mentioned earlier, a little bit of a surprise to folks, but they do have two really good players in uh, Nate Reavers and uh, Potter. That He was a transfer that came over from uh, Ohio State. So they, they've got some players as well. That uh, And, of course, they're, they're always going to win at the Kohl Center, right? So um, I think beyond that, the team that I, I really like, Coming out of here, and this is completely non-biased. Um, uh-huh. But Illinois is a uh-huh. team that I think is really <laughs> in good shape to uh, to win the Big Ten this year. Um, they got very fortunate; returned uh, their two best players in Iowa, Desunu, and uh, Kofi Coburn, and so they basically keep their core in. They've got uh, the top recruiting class coming in, in the Big Ten, and uh, I think they they're really one of the most talented teams at the end of the day. And they're a little bit more balanced than Iowa. I think Iowa's a little bit more. Offensive heavy, maybe not as good defensively. Uh, Brad Underwood kind of switched things up last year on defense and really got them clicking. So I, I really like Illinois to uh, kind of emerge this year. But no oh, bias there. No, no bias whatsoever. Speaking no, of no.
1: bias, does does the team like Indiana or maybe Michigan, do they have a chance to to sneak in and contend? Or it's basically look at Iowa, look at Wisconsin, look at Illinois. Those are the three teams to worry about.
4: I think those are the really the three teams to worry about. I, I like Indiana. They bring in a, a really good point guard. Five-star freshman, uh, Christian Lander. I think if he can develop uh, some chemistry with Jackson Davis, uh, he came back and uh, they, they could be interesting. You know, I think this is a year that, you know, they could surprise some folks. Uh, Michigan, I think, is a year away. I think they, they've got a monster recruiting class coming in next year. They could make some noise this year, but I think next year is going to be the one where they're, they're really going to be favored.
1: I should also mention, too, that Ohio State and Rutgers are also in the top 25 Mm -hmm. as well. Rutgers coming in at 24, Ohio State at 23. So we're talking about, let's see, one, two, three, um, uh, five, six, seven, seven teams in the Big Ten currently in the top 25, if I'm not missing any. I'm sorry, eight, if you include Michigan State. We didn't even give them a whole lot of discussion, (laughs) which seems pretty remarkable. But uh, no Cassius Winston uh this year and uh their center whose name escapes Tillman. Xavier, Xavier Tillman. Uh, Also Mm -hmm. out of out as well. So they'll, they'll need to, to pick up some pieces, but you know, the time is going to recruit uh, and recruit. Well, Joe, I'm going to swing over to you with the big East. Obviously the conversation will be built around Villanova, trying to get their third championship since 2015. Uh, But don't forget about Creighton who is sneaking into the top 25 at number 11 outside of those two uh, any other teams that can make some noise or is it really just a two team race?
3: Uh, It's a two team race. Uh, unfortunately. I think there'll be a couple of good teams by year end. And By good, I mean, you know, six, seven seeds in the tournament. But this is Villanova's head and shoulders above everybody else. Creighton offensively can definitely make a run at them uh, and give them a game at any, on any given night. But I just don't think their defense is enough to sustain uh, win after win after win in conference play to keep pace. Um, one key thing about the Big East is every team, even the New, newly added UConn or newly reunited UConn, every team is losing an alpha player. Uh, even if you take Sadiq Bay off of Villanova everybody's got big shoes to fill. You think about Miles Powell, gone. Kamar Baldwin, gone. Marcus Howard, gone. Alpha Diallo, gone. So there's going to be a lot of fun players from a fantasy perspective that are going to have to step up. And uh, that's really what I'm watching for. That's where the drama's at this year in the big East. Some of the guys I really like is David Duke at Providence. It's going to be his show. I expect him to kind of push for conference player of the year if they can get things right. Um, James Bodenite from UConn, which is, again, our new team in the the Big East, or reunited after that six-year absence. I think he's going to have a big one. Paul Scruggs is a name we all know. He's the only one left at Xavier. Their whole team, including Naj Marshall, is gone. And then last year we were hauled in. You know, as big seat Hall marks and all behind Miles Powell, but Sandro uh, Vili, which is his name's a mouthful, but this is his time. You know, he wants to be an NBA player and this is his chance to extend the floor, be a rebounder, be a big and be the heart and soul for that team. Um, and I think he's got the skills to do that as well. So that's someone I'm watching closely.
1: As far as odds go over at DraftKings Sportsbook for the Big East, you have Villanova right now uh, at actually minus odds, minus 109 to win the Big East is so certainly a major favorite there, followed by Creighton at plus 375 and then UConn in their return back to the Big East coming in plus 500. As for the Big 10, um, I know that James's team in Illinois, you actually can't bet on Illinois over at DraftKings Sportsbook, as well as several other sportsbooks due to the law in Illinois uh, that makes teams like Illinois and Northwestern uh, not able to to bet on them. Uh, it's still something <laughs> that I hope is a bit in the works. I think there were some concerns initially when the bill first came out. So for anybody that thought Illinois might be uh, that right. team to go ahead and win the Big Ten Conference, uh, or, or- Or anyone
3: playing, or anyone playing that DePaul long shot to win the Big East. That's uh, (laughs) that's not going to be an option, even though Charlie Moore's still there.
1: Yeah, even even Dave Lato was like, "Eh, I don't even know if I want to put down those odds. I'm not. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. Uh, But right now, Iowa the the favorite at plus two sixty five in the Big Ten, Wisconsin at three fifty, Michigan State at plus three sixty. Uh, to win the Big Ten, always a bit surprising to see Michigan State a little bit further down, followed by Ohio State at 10 to 1, Michigan at 11 to 1, and Indiana at 20 to 1. All right. Bird, let's head over to the Big 12. You're going to have a top heavy mix between Baylor with just terrific guards uh, heading into the start of the season. Kansas is always going to be in the mix as well. Uh, but I want to talk to you as well about a few other teams in the Big 12 that might have an opportunity to make some noise, including West Virginia, who is a terrible three-point shooting team. But if they can get that figured out, I think that can make a tremendous difference for them. You know that they're going to play really terrific defense over the course of the season. And then there's Texas, who who has, I suppose you can say they've grossly underachieved since Shaka Smart left VCU to head over uh, to Austin. But but what do you make of the Longhorns being able to get themselves on track? They're in the top 25 this year as well.
2: Yeah, Benny, you hit on a lot of good points here. I think Big 12 is going to be really top heavy. You've got five teams that are ranked in the top 25, uh, probably looking at six potential tournament teams this year. Uh, also, you know, you have the number one freshman in the nation and, and arguably the best player overall in Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma State. And uh, he's actually on the 11 o'clock slate tomorrow on, on DraftKings. So we'll get a chance right away to play him in, in some daily fantasy sports tournaments. Um, but I agree, Baylor and Kansas are really the class of the Big 12. Um, but they have some legitimate question marks too. You know, for Baylor, like you said, great guard play. Um, but how are they going to replace Freddie Gillespie down low? Um, I think they were hoping on on Tristan Clark to be healthy. Um, but he had to, he had to retire due to, due to some medical issues, which is really sad. Um, and they have a really big hole to fill uh, at center. Um, for Kansas, you talked about losing Devon Dotson and, and Yudoka Azebuki. Um, I think Marcus Garrett is going to be Defensive Player of the Year. I think we're going to see a huge, uh, huge improvement in David McCormick down low for Kansas. Um, but, but a couple of concerns with, with KU. One, who is your alpha? Who's going to be the, the guy with the ball on their hands when the game's on the line? I'm not sure who that's going to be, but you know Marcus Garrett is, is kind of limited offensively. Ochai Igbaji hasn't really completely blossomed yet, so I think that's something to look forward to or to look into. And then also, how does Kansas play in Allen Fieldhouse with no fans potentially? Right. You know, so Bill Self is 26 and 14 all time at Allen Fieldhouse. He has more conference championships than he does losses at Allen Fieldhouse, which is like the craziest stat on earth. But I think, I think is, he said
1: 26 and 14. I think you mean 206 and 14.
2: He he's 200 uh, 264 and 14 at Allen yes, Fieldhouse. Yes, 264
1: and 14. It's absurd.
2: Yeah, 200. Yep, so he has more more conference championships than losses at Allen Fieldhouse. So, but what does that look like with no fans? When when you take away the best home court advantage in the nation, you know, what does that what does that look like?
1: I should also mention as far as odds go in the Big 12, you know, for as talented as Baylor is, and this might be arguably Baylor's most talented team, you can still get them at, at plus one sixty-five on DraftKings Sportsbook to win the Big 12. Kansas comes in at plus 170. Um, and then West Virginia at plus 525, Texas Tech, who we didn't even mention, uh, and Chris Beard's squad comes in at plus six hundred, and then Texas at plus six ninety before a, a pretty substantial drop-off with Oklahoma at twenty to one and then Iowa State at 80 to one. Uh so besides Baylor, you know, and, and Kansas, uh, is there any of those teams, uh, Bird, that, that feel like decent dark horses to you to win the, the Big 12? Or are you saying that it's, we, we know it's going to be top-heavy already? Uh, do any of those teams you think can possibly sneak in and win a conference in a weird year?
2: I, I really like West Virginia, and you mentioned it at the beginning, but, you know, Bobby Huggins has finished top 12 and Ken Palm in five of his last six seasons. And he's already publicly said that this is his best roster since 2010 when they went to a Final Four. Wow. You've got Oscar Shibway, Derek Culver, that are just monsters down low. Uh, Miles McBride, I think, is going to make that huge sophomore leap. And, and so I really love West Virginia. We talked about them. We had a uh, Vegas Future articles um, on our website, and we had them at 28 to 1 as a great futures uh, bet to take down the championship. I think it's down to 20 to 1 now. Uh, people must have really, really liked our content and, and got some steam on that West Virginia bet. That's but, right. I think they're really good. Uh, You also mentioned Shaka at Texas. Um, I I just still don't trust, you know, he is really underachieved at Texas. They returned everybody this year. They add a star and five-star center, Greg Brown. Um, But it's just really hard to trust Shaka at this point. And so I want to, I want to see him do it before I, before I'm willing to invest in that team.
1: All right, we'll continue on our tour of the top six conferences. James, I'll go back to you with the ACC. Uh, Virginia feels like they stand alone right now as a top-tier team. They added Sam Hauser this year, which is a big addition for them. Uh, I imagine we will expect a bounce-back season out of North Carolina after dealing with all the injuries that they dealt with last year. Uh, And then, you know, there's always going to be Duke and there's always going to be FSU. But anybody that we're missing as far as as that conversation goes, as far as odds go uh, in the ACC this year – Uh, You're looking at um, Virginia plus 215 to win the ACC. I almost look at that and say that feels like really good value, uh, even though it's not necessarily a a, a pretty high number. Uh, They're still ahead of Duke at plus 225, Florida State plus 300, and then North Carolina comes in at plus 650. So what do you make of the ACC for this year, both from a betting perspective and and also who ends up most likely to win that conference?
4: Yeah, I think – you know the the four teams you named are probably the the four that you know really stand out to me. Uh, Virginia, you really look at the coaching pedigree there and the recent success that they've had, even though they've lost some kind of high caliber players off the the. I mean, they're defending champions technically, I guess. And they did bring in the good Hauser. We call him on our site uh, Sam Hauser, <laughs> but he's a forty five percent from three, average fifteen and seven uh, at Marquette. So. He's really good. I think he's going to be really good in that um, system, and uh, he'll stand out. But they've got a couple guys. Uh, Weldon Tense uh, is a shooter they brought in last year. He didn't really come together. He had a couple nice games, but he's a guy that you'd like to to see be a little bit more consistent than the big man Huff down below. Uh, it's kind of a shot blocking presence for them. So I, I think that they, you know, that is a good value um, to get. Uh, I I think when teams like UNC and Duke are a little unpredictable this year. Um, you've got, that's kind of the story of the ACC, especially with with Duke and UNC and Florida State. Uh, They lost a lot of players. So they got a lot of players that got drafted. I think ACC had eight players that went in the NBA draft. Um, And they've had an influx of five-star talent, which isn't altogether unexpected, perhaps. But uh, I I really like UNC this year. I think they've got an interesting team. Um, They have Garrison Brooks, um, Baycott, uh, kind of their front court Arguably the best front court in the nation, and they've got a five-star point guard they brought in and Caleb Love, and you know if that that's a team that uh, we'll have to see, um, but they got a lot of pieces there. If they can add a couple shooters um, or find a couple shooters on that team, uh, they could be easily uh, you know emerges um, you know the best team in that league. Duke they brought in a uh, top twenty freshman Jalen Johnson, uh, who could arguably be arguably be first team ACC. Uh, really good scorer, uh, can also rebound. Wendell Moore is somebody that flashed a little bit last year and it could be interesting. He had 37 in a recent scrimmage. Uh, so I think he's a guy that they'll, they'll look to uh, to kind of handle a lot of the scoring load there. Um, Florida State brings in Scotty Barnes. He's an elite level defender and slasher, five-star, um, top 10 freshman. And they've still got MJ Walker there. Uh, he averaged 10 points last year. He was a former five-star. He's a guy that everybody has been kind of waiting on and seeing, you know, is this guy going to gonna, gonna plan, pan out? So we'll, we'll have to see this year, but he should be the one they look at to uh, kind of carry the load of scoring there. But they, they should be elite defensively.
1: All right, let's move on to the SEC. Joe, I'll head back to you for this one. Um, Kentucky and Tennessee, again, we're talking about another fairly top heavy league. Uh, As far as odds go over at DraftKings Sportsbook, Kentucky plus 160 to win the conference. Tennessee comes in at plus 255. Uh, And then you have LSU at four to one, Florida at seven to one. Uh, What are you expecting out of the SEC? And is it just Kentucky's to lose once again?
3: Yeah, I, no. I think Tennessee is going to be right back after a year off. Um, we're going to see a Tennessee Tennessee Nation get similar to the Admiral Schofield and uh, Grant Williams team from two years ago. Um, this is a team that uh, had some ups and downs last year, but they were playing really young, and then they've added some additional five star talents. So. Tennessee is going to be solid. Kentucky is going to be Kentucky. They're, they're going to have some bad games early in the year, but they're going to play defense, and by the end of the season, they're going to be one of the better teams, uh, not just in the, in the SEC, but in the nation. Um, I do really like LSU this year. I also like uh, Florida. Their rumor is that Florida is going to play faster, which we were screaming for them to do last year when they had all those stud freshmen. So we'll see if that plays out. Florida could be a lot of fun, especially behind player of the year in the SEC, Keontae Johnson.
1: Any love for Missouri, and I, I know that you might laugh at that, but they're finally a veteran team for Conzo Martin this They year. are.
3: They are, and that's rare, actually, in the SEC. Um, Drew Smith is good. Mark Smith is back. Um, a lot of people like the way Pickett uh, really emerged at the end of the last year, so I think Mizzou has a chance to finish out of the basement.
1: <laughs> so not, not at the top, just, just out of the basement. You might be on, on that main floor.
3: Right. I think they can win some games for sure. And they, they could be a tournament team if things go right. And, you know, if they if they get enough quality wins along the way. But I'm not ready to put them in the top four, getting a two-day buy on the SEC tournament.
1: All right. Then lastly, as we continue on with our conferences, Bert, I'll go back to you. Uh, someone's got to stay up late to watch these Pac-12 games. And uh, there's going to be a lot of action between Arizona State Mick Cronin's UCLA team, and of course, Dana Dana Altman in Oregon, who lost Peyton Pritchard and lost a few guys uh, heading into this season, but they always recruit exceptionally well, and Altman continues to make deep runs in the tournament, so uh, tell me what you're seeing out of the Pac-12 this year as far as DraftKings odds are concerned. Uh, It is actually uh, between UCLA and Arizona State, almost neck and neck, uh, UCLA plus two sixty on Drafting Sportsbook to win the conference. ASU at plus two sixty five, and then Oregon. I, I feel is a bit of a sneaky value here, guys at plus four thirty five to win the Pac twelve.
2: Yeah, absolutely love Oregon at plus four thirty five, and I actually even like them at thirty to one uh, to cut down the nets. Uh, you talked about they lost uh, All American Peyton Pritchard, uh, but Will Richardson is back. Chris Chris Duarte is back. Uh, they have transfers from UNLV and Amari Hardy, uh, Eugene Omari and, and Eric Williams. Uh, they have the five star center, Nepali Dante who finally appears to be healthy. Uh, and we're kind of optimistic that LJ Figueroa gets a waiver from St. John's as well. So I think they're really a great value. Um, you know, overall, at that conference, they lost a ton of great players. Uh, we mentioned Peyton Pritchard, uh, Onyeka Kongwu, Isaiah Stewart, Nico Mannion, you know, Trace Hinkle. The list kind of goes on and on. Uh, but they did bring in, you know, USC brought in five star uh, Evan Mobley to play center. Uh, Zaire Williams at Stanford is going to be a heck of a player. Um, yeah, like you said, it's it's the Conference of Champions. It's late night heat. It's Bill Walton and Dave Pass. Yes. I mean, what, what more can you really ask for?
1: <laughs> Conference of Champions might might feel a little bit bold, I, I suppose. But then you never know what you can get. And again, anytime you can incorporate Bill Walton into the broadcast, I'm always a fan of it. All right, we got a few minutes left, guys. Uh, let's go through everybody's dark horse pick to win the championship. We've talked about some of those top ten teams. Uh, so, maybe, you know, guys, uh, teams that are outside, you know, 15, 20 to 1, even a little bit further. If you're looking at a couple teams at even 100 to 1, Bird, I know you mentioned Oregon as a possibility at 30 to 1, but let, let's go around the horn. Joe James Bird, give me your dark horse to win the NCAA championship this year via DraftKings Sportsbook.
3: Well, I, I put this bet in on DraftKings Sportsbook this morning, and I like LSU 40 to 1. Um, they're not the most defensive team, but offensively, there is talent uh, abundance. And, uh, LSU and Will Wade, they're a team that uh, can really score the basketball. And if they figure out some defensive pieces, I think behind uh, Trenton Watford and Javante Smart, this is going to be a team you're going to need to look out for. If they get in as a three seed and get hot in the tournament, they can definitely win six in a row. How
4: about you, James? Yeah, I like Tennessee. I, it's a team I wrote up on our, our site as well. Um, they, uh, as Joe had mentioned, uh, they got a couple really good five-star freshmen coming in, Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, uh, Santiago Viscovi, uh, who, Came in from Uruguay at the middle of last year when Lamont Turner went down. Uh, Josiah Jordan James, another five star player, he's a sophomore this year, so they're really athletic, um, elite defensive potential, and I think they've got the the talent and athletes to to emerge this year.
1: All right, Bird, close this out. Who do we got?
2: Yeah, you can tell, uh, that we all like athletic teams with, with talent, kind of look at this through a DFS. That's the lens. DFS
3: coming out, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But I've got Memphis at 100 to 1. Uh, you know, so yeah, they lost, uh, James Wiseman, who went number two overall in the draft, and Precious Chua, who went top 20 in the draft. Uh, but Penny brought in uh, AAC preseason rookie of the year and Musa Cisse, uh, a legit stud transfer from Virginia Tech and Landers Nolly. Uh, they're hoping for a waiver on DeAndre Williams from Evansville. Um, and then you also bring in, you know, you have your sophomores back that were former top 60 recruits in Boogie Ellis, DJ Jeffries, Lester Quinones, and, you know, like Al McGuire said, the best thing about freshmen is they they become sophomores and and Memphis is going to have as much talent as anybody in the nation. Um, And and so at 101 odds, team that's going to finish top two in the AAC, uh, you know, there's worse ways to spend your money.
1: right. Unlike Bert, I'm actually going to go ahead and and refer back to the Conference of Champions with an actual champion. I I like Arizona State. 35-1, Thirty-five to one, especially with Remy Martin coming back for his senior season. You always talk about guard play uh, in the NCAA tournament. He can take over games. They have some size. They have some versatility, and they could win the Pac-12. And I still feel like they're they're getting a bit uh, under the radar as far as coverage and opportunity this year. So maybe Arizona State sneaks in uh, and, and makes some noise in the NCAA tournament in a weird NCAA tournament for this year. All right, so we've gone over the entire college basketball season from a futures betting standpoint, from a conference betting standpoint. Let's get into the DFS side. You have the start of the season coming up on Wednesday. DraftKings has a $100,000 contest with $25K to first. Good opportunity for Buckethead Nation to go ahead and get rich before their Thanksgiving. So let's go once again around the horn. Give me a couple plays on this main slate that you are intrigued by that you'll probably have in your DraftKings lineups this week. So Joe, once again, uh, kick us off. You're the point guard here. Go ahead.
2: All right,
3: I got two for you. Um, What I really like is that Villanova-Boston College game. Um, The line right now is 15. I think it's going to be tighter than that, so I'm betting Boston College, but that's not what we're asking about here. The over-under of that's in around a 140 range, which means there's going to be points scored. And my go-to in this game is going to be Justin Moore from Villanova. He's at 6,100. I think there's a lot of opportunity for him to fill it up, especially given that Brian Anton's going to be out, and so is Demir cosby Roundtree, two of their key reserves. So more minutes for the starters So give me uh, Justin Moore on that one. Uh, Robinson, Earl, and Gillespie are a little too high priced for me. Um, So that's the route I'm looking in this game, which I think is going to be a nice healthy total when looking at in comparison to the other games on the slate. All right, so Villanova,
1: Boston College. Go ahead, Joe. I I didn't mean to cut you off.
3: No, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, I was going to give you a dark horse after that, though, because I'm looking at Moorhead State with Tyson Claude. And this is a center, he's a forward, uh, who's $4,400, he was a freshman last year, and he averaged about 11-7. and And at this price point, he only needs to get about 18 DK to hit value. I think, as far as we know right now, Olivier Saar is the entirety of the UK postgame. We don't know what's around him. And I think with Claude being active and youthful, I think he easily gets to that 18 with a lot of upside if that game gets kind of sloppy, especially since it's the first of the year after this awkward offseason. So Tizon Claude, forward for Moorhead State for 4,400 is my kind of dark horse play with some upside for tomorrow.
1: Now go ahead, James. Who are you looking at?
4: The higher pricing tier, I really like Georgia Tech. Forward, Moses Wright, he's 7,900 right now. They play a Georgia state team that was ranked 19th and just a tempo last season. So there's going to be a lot of possessions in that game. They weren't particularly good defensively, particularly down low, um, gave up a lot of rebounds. So I really liked uh, his upside. Uh, for a little bit lower uh, rock bottom pricing tier, let's say Eric Hunter is out for Purdue. He was their second best player on the team uh, last year. He's kind of a lead guard. Uh, so he'll be looked to be backed up by Isaiah Thompson. He's 5,400 uh, currently He's a little bit safer play. They also brought in a true freshman, Jaden Ivey, that they've uh, really liked uh, early on in, in scrimmages has looked really good. He's a little bit riskier play because you don't know how much he's going to play, but he's at 4,800 right now. And I would say either one of those guys will, will probably be a pretty good look.
1: All right, Bird, close this out. Who are you looking at for the uh, for the main slate on Wednesday?
2: Yeah, a couple options. One, Texas plays a UT Rio Grande Valley and a UTRGV. Uh, typically plays an up, up-tempo style and, and is going to be completely overmatched defensively. Um, so this is, you know, this is teams we love to target, uh, teams that, that play up-tempo. More possessions equal more uh, opportunity for points. And, and overall, Texas players are, are really grossly overpriced, but, but one that does stand out is Andrew Jones at 6,200. Um, Texas is implied to score 80 points. Uh, Andrew Jones averaged 11 points per game last year, shot 38% from deep. And Rio Grande was 340th out of 357 teams in defending the three last seasons. So I think uh, Jones has a great opportunity to shine. Uh, Also, you know, he's a kid who beat leukemia, which is unbelievable. Easy guy to cheer for. uh, And and so we're certainly rooting for him. Um, Our last one is going to, is going to be more of a deep cut. Uh, Eastern Washington, small forward, Jacob Davison is priced at 4,700. Eastern Washington plays at a top 20 tempo Uh, last season. They took a ton of three pointers uh, davison had 30 percent usage last year uh, averaged 18.4 points per game and he showed up against power five teams he had 26 points and eight rebounds against boston college last year he had 17 real points against gonzaga uh, and they the big sky mvp mason peatling is gone so davison's usage is only going to increase um, you know so it's it's a deep cut but that's you know that's the research we do here at cbb dfs and you know try to find those outliers that can help you win all the money
1: from a strategy standpoint, just to, to quickly follow up on this, um, are, are you guys typically looking at totals in addition to, uh, to, to the different spreads? Because I, I know that, you know, from an NFL perspective, you know, if you're looking at, you know, like Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, I, I think a lot of people, stand, they, they stayed away from that game because they were worried that, you know, second half Pittsburgh would already be up to a big lead. There wouldn't be the same type of opportunities for Ben Roethlisberger in the passing game, knowing that they'd have a big lead. When it comes to college basketball, it's a little bit different, right? Because a team can go ahead and extend and you're still going to get your normal rotation minutes. So uh, when it comes to point spreads, not necessarily totals, because we know that there's opportunity there. uh, Is that maybe a bit of an underlying strategy that don't be afraid to play really good teams, even if they're in potential blowout situations?
2: Yeah, I I I think that's fair. I think we look at the over-unders. We look at that tempo. Uh, um, but you're right. You know, the, the, the usage guys are going to do their thing regardless of if it's a 20 point line or a 10 point line. Uh, and, and if we can find teams that have more concentrated uh, production, you know, so like your Pittsburgh Steeler example is a good one where you've got James Conner, you've got Deontay Johnson, you've got Claypool, you've got Juju. You've got a lot of mouse to feed there, right? If, if you can find teams that maybe only have one or two alphas that you can really kind of focus in on those two guys in an up-tempo game with a high over under, like that's, you know, that's the nuts from a, from a DFS perspective.
1: If you guys are not following my guys at CBB underscore DFS, Joe Harmon, James Langton, and Bird Mounts, you need to do so on Twitter right now at CBB underscore DFS. Also check them out at CBB DFS.com. That's where a lot of their content is posted throughout the week. And then of course, don't forget about their podcast heading into the big Saturday slates over the course of the season as well. Uh, all of their stuff right now is free. They're trying to just, help folks become better college basketball DFS players, become a little bit more informed. And uh, now in year three, uh, building this from the ground up, grown completely organically. uh, And a lot of folks have really benefited and won a lot of money. Buckethead Nation is substantially more rich uh, than they were just a few seasons ago. So boys, always appreciate the time. Always great to catch up with you. Enjoy the start of the season. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, we will do this again soon.
2: Sounds good, Ben. Thank you so much. Thanks.